The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. With me now, though, here in the lobby of the Fitzpatrick uh, Manhattan Hotel is Michael Dowling. He's the president and CEO of Northwell Health. Michael, you're very welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful, and I thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So you're kind of an um, uh, Irish boy done good uh, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, you are the, the manifestation of it. Well, you know, you get lucky in life. And the uh, United States is just a wonderful place. And, uh, you know, people say it's the land of opportunity, and for me it was. And so I've been here a long time, but uh, my roots are still in Ireland. My family is still all in Ireland. And I go back and forth pretty well, pretty often, and quite involved in Ireland as well. Um, we'll talk about Northwell Health in just a moment and, and what it is and what service it provides and how big it is. It is huge. I'll, I'll let people know that much uh, now. But how long have you been here in the States? When did you move? I came here first in 1968, and I came uh, to work uh, in the summertime. I had got into UCC, uh, but I couldn't afford to figure out how to pay tuition. I had been in England working before that in Crawley outside London in a steel factory. And when I came, I came over here, I worked on the docks in the west side of Manhattan. And for a couple of years, I would come here in the summer and go back to UCC in the winter. And then in 1971, I came here permanently. I didn't intend to stay permanently. I mean, mm. I came here because I saw some opportunity. I saw the possibilities and I figured, well, if I come here, we'll see what happens. I, and then, you know, one thing happens, another thing happens, and all of a sudden, you're here. And what was the opportunity you saw here? Do you mean that in, in a broad sense, or, or were there specific things you thought you could do? In a broad sense. I mean, it'd been just being able to work. I worked in construction. I worked in, on the docks. I worked in construction. I worked as a plumber. I worked in bars. I worked cleaning out schools. I was a school custodian. I basically did whatever it took. So it was the opportunity to work hard, work long hours and make money so I could pay tuition and obviously help my family at home because my family at home were not in good uh, position. Mm. uh, uh, It was a lot of poverty where I grew up in Limerick, West Limerick, and I was the oldest, so I felt I had a responsibility to help out at home. And also I did what a lot of immigrants do and what a lot of Irish people do. You, You go and you work and you take advantage of opportunities as they come up. But I always wanted to continue my college education and I always wanted to you know as I say climb the ladder you Mm. know I always and my mother used to always say and imply that your current circumstance should never put a limit on your future potential and um, and and you get lucky you meet people and you take advantage of opportunities and you take risk and that's the old story it's Uh, nothing unique it's still I'm still part of the Irish story people going you know, abroad, around the world, sure. different countries sure. to, 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 to make a life for themselves. I guess what's different now is far fewer of them are, are sending money home. You know, that, that, the disparity, the economic disparity between Ireland and right. places like the States has, has radically changed in your lifetime, hasn't it? I, I believe so. And I still think that if you're here and you have the means and you have family or friends in Ireland that are not doing well, I still believe you have an obligation to help out as much as you can. I mean, that's what family is all about. Mm. Not just your own natural family, but your family, your community is a family and your Irish family, you should be doing everything you possibly can to help, especially if you get somewhat, if you become somewhat successful. Uh, but for me, uh, my family would not have been able to survive so successfully if I hadn't been able to help in some way. Um, and, uh, and was there ever a point in all of that, 
you know, working on the building sites, yeah. working as a plumber, doing all these different jobs that you just thought, I miss home. I want to go back. Oh, yes. I mean, I was here by myself. And um, I was the oldest. And for years and years and years, I always believed I would go back. Um, I didn't become a citizen of the United States, you know, until the 1980s. Okay. The early 1980s, because I always believed I would go back. Um, and I would go back regularly. But the opportunities here were so much greater. Um, and the opportunity grabs you and holds you. And then I got married here. Then you develop friends here. Mm. So you have a New York family and you have an Irish family. And, uh, you know, distance is not as big a problem and today as it was. And even the distance became a, a, a smaller problem because of being able to get back and forth relatively quickly. Mm. I mean, I can get to Ireland almost as fast as I can as it takes me to go to Staten Island sometimes around here, given the traffic. Yeah, it's incredible. So I get on a flight and I'll be in Ireland in five hours. Sometimes I'm stuck in the car for four hours. So I say to myself, when I'm stuck in traffic, damn it, I could be in Dublin. Um, it's, it's funny when you talk about like your family and yeah. getting married and having a family. I remember Terry Wogan, the great Terry Wogan, talking about sure. that. And he was asked a similar question about, you know, when the UK became home. And it said it's when he had a family there. And he says, wherever your, fam- wherever your family are then, yeah. it just becomes home. Absolutely. I mean, you can, you know, you can have a home here. That doesn't mean you, 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 you neglect your home at home. No. Where you grow up. I mean, we have extended families. I mean, this is the history of Irish immigration. You know, you're, you know we're Irish, we're American, we're Irish-American, which I've always said is probably the best combination you could ever come up with. So how then do you end up in the position you are today? I introduced yeah. you as a founder and CEO of Northwell Health or president and CEO of Northwell Health. How do you go from well, it the construction was, sites I, to there? It was a, a, a series of multiple steps. I ended up going to Fordham University. I ended up with my master's degree at Fordham. I ended up, and all of this took many, many years, ended up teaching there part-time. Then ended up as a full professor at Fordham University. Professor up, of... Uh, public policy, mm-hmm. uh, ended up uh, as the assistant dean of the graduate school at Lincoln Center. Um, I was at Fordham University when the governor of the state of New York got elected, Mario Cuomo. And I, I always get quite involved, whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing, I try to get quite involved. So when he got elected, he reached out, as most new administrations do, looking for people to um, to man their new administration. So I got a call saying, would I be interviewed? Would I like to be interviewed for a job in his administration? I said, what the heck? So I went for the interview. I didn't know him at all. I'd never met him. Had not been that involved in politics. And I, I, they offered me a job, and I said yes. And the job was based in Albany. I took that job, and within a couple of years, I ended up becoming his top person for the state of New York. I became head of health and human services for New York State. I became the commissioner for New York State. I was the top advisor to the governor. I sat next to him for 12 years. Wow. And then um, when that ended, I got recruited. I was very, very fortunate. I was recruited uh, by companies in Europe as well as here. I stayed here. I ended up as a senior executive in a big insurance company. Mm. I was there when one of the hospitals in Long Island reached out to me wanting to know if I would come as chief operating officer. And I said, sure. And it was, uh, you know, back then there were two hospitals I came in as chief operating officer, started to build the health system. Five years later, I became CEO, and today we're the biggest player. So, 
you said it. The biggest player, I mentioned you're huge. Yeah. Northwell, tell me about it. How, how big is it? We are, our budget is close to $17 billion. We have 84,000 employees. Uh, we have 23 hospitals, 900 outpatient ambulatory locations, major home care, nursing homes, um, medical school, uh, nursing school, graduate, undergraduate, doctoral nursing school, major research. Uh, we have all aspects of healthcare from birth to end of life. Uh, our own pharmacy business, etc., etc. So, and we're growing, and we will be much bigger. We grow about a billion to a billion and a half each year. And how many other groups or companies are there along the lines of Northwell in this part of the world? Maybe I know you're the largest, yeah. but. In, I'm trying to get a sense in the, the, the U.S., like. there are um, quite a number of very large healthcare organizations. Um, there are some of them. There's probably six or seven that are bigger than me. But these are in the Midwest, western part of the United okay. States. Now, we all work together. We all know each other. In New York, there's nobody as big as us in the New York market or in, the, this, in, the, in this part of the country, I believe. In the Northeast, I believe we're the largest. Mm. Um, uh, I've, you know, I've got 13,000 physicians. I've got about 20,000 nurses. Uh, and we were at the epicenter of COVID. Yeah. COVID but I mean, well, and actually I might ask you about that yeah. in just a moment. But I mean, even uh, just the scale, for, for people at home, to put that in context, the HSE is about 100,000 employees so, and, right. and, and the budget slightly more. But I mean, you're, you're closing in on the, the HSE right. and you're, you're, you're running that. Running the HSE is one of the most high-profile jobs in Ireland. Yes. You know, so this is, this is a big I'm, deal. I'm aware. I've dealt with the HSE, and I've met with them a number of times. Yeah. I've been on a number of commissions in Ireland on healthcare. Well, it's, if, if, you, if you hire good people, you hire the best people you can possibly find, you give them authority and responsibility, you keep your eye on the big picture, and you be innovative and creative all the time and continually disrupt the status quo. Um, and be excited about what you do and be positive and optimistic. You know, it's not that difficult. Mm. I heard a great, uh, Bertie Ahern was on the show yesterday, former Taoiseach, and uh, no, he, he, he had a, a great statistic. He said there's going to be, we were in Boston, but he said there was going to be more healthcare innovation in the five square miles around us in downtown Boston in the next five years than there oh. has been in healthcare in the last 500 years. Well, going in New York, in Boston, I was actually with a group from Boston this morning. I mean, it is very, very innovative. I was with a group from Australia this morning. We do a lot of work with innovation businesses in Ireland. I have a big relationship with Enterprise Ireland. I have a big relationship with the Innovation Authority in Israel and with Business France. And this morning, as I said, with Israel, uh, or with, uh, we have with uh, Australia. Um, so there's extraordinary innovation, especially with all of the new expansions in technology and the acceleration of the use of technology and the advances in medical science. It's pretty extraordinary what we can and, do. And how then do you balance all of these advances? Um, because with continuing to make healthcare relatively affordable and, you know, you know at, at the point of provision? Because isn't that the challenge that, you know, it, it's amazing all of this stuff we can do, but actually it's really, really expensive to do it and then people live longer and I'm not lamenting people living longer for a moment, but yeah. the longer they live, the more intervention they need. Well, that's, that's the biggest challenge for the future is the aging population, which, by the way, is a success. I yes. mean, this is a crisis of success. We've, we've added 40 years to life in the last, uh, since the 1930s. That's absolutely remarkable. 
what we can do today in cardiology, in cancer care, in orthopedics, in musculoskeletal issues, in infant care is absolutely unreal. Uh, so it does, it, you know, but saving lives it's, it, it, it sometimes is expensive. And this is a challenge for government. Of course, over here, it's a combination of government plus private. I mean, I'm a private organization. Mm. Now, I get I'm, I have regulations by government. I do get government financing for some services I deliver, which is the biggest part of the problem because government doesn't pay you enough to meet your expenses. So I've got to be successful in other areas so I can offset the low, the low revenue I get from government. Mm. That's the only way it works. And I'm quite familiar with the Irish system. Um, but over here, it's not about hospitals as much anymore. I mean, I have 900 non-hospital locations because more and more business is done outside the hospital. Okay. And that's something that I have been talking Smaller to people in clinics, Ireland about. Smaller clinics, is it? Yeah, surgery. If you needed a shoulder replacement today, you wouldn't come to our hospital at all. I'd take, to one, you'd, I'd take you in in the morning to one of our outpatient facilities, put your new shoulder in, and you'd go home at 3 o'clock. Incredible. You don't stand in bed and spend time in the, in the, in the hospital at all. I get, I, I cancer, all cancer. I get a bit of tea and toast, do I, at least, after my oh, surgery? Oh, we can, we, can, we can change every part of you. you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, listen, it's, it's been fascinating speaking to you, uh, Michael, and, and well, thanks a million for coming into us here. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, all the best to everybody in Ireland. And um, I go back and forth, as I said, pretty regularly. Yeah, so, well, listen, safe travels uh, thank you so on much. your next trip home. Michael Dalling is the president and CEO of Northwell Healthcare. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.